Hey, welcome to the One Life Podcast, where we talk about things from One Life Church, but ultimately, things we think can relate to you and your one and only life. I'm one of your co-hosts of the podcast, Sarah Inman. I'm joined, as always, by co-host of the podcast and our lead pastor, Brett Nicholson. Well, hey, Sarah. You know, we uh, are doing something we hadn't planned on doing today. That is so true. It's kind of nice it worked out this way. It's just you and I we now. We were going to have some guests, and yeah. uh, that didn't work out. So We don't get to I see each other as often, so That's true. it's an I opportunity to catch up. see each other almost every day. And That's now true. It's, yeah, so... Um, yeah, so we had a plan to continue some questions from what we have here at One Life Church called Kickstart. It's basically an opportunity for people to know more about how you can get connected at One Life Church or just know more about who we are. And at the end of that, um, we asked people to just share questions. And it sounds like we had a lot of great questions. And we were going to continue some of those conversations with Braxton Hunter um, and Jonathan Pritchett, who we just had on our previous two episodes, talking about some questions that people sent in for a specific um, yeah. day explorer edition that we talked about uh, you can go back and check out those episodes there were some really interesting questions and some really um i think it's always unique to hear what people are thinking about like you get those questions from real people and it's really fascinating to be like these are things that people are thinking about and they just yeah. want to have conversation about it so yeah and that's why i'm a big believer in doing it because people are asking those questions and they're in uh, and, and those questions are in their head so why not have a place and a way in which we can um, you know, actually talk about those things rather than just have it rattle around your head while you're driving home from work. Yeah. And so today we were going to continue that, but some things changed. And so some things changed. Just us. And I was we like, you know what? President's Day. That's, that's <laughs> well, President's Day. That's right. right. Um, and I was like, well, I scheduled this time, you know, for to be away from my job for a little bit. And yeah. you did as well. And I so did. here we are. Here we so are. We're going to utilize right. this time well. It's one thing we want to try and do around here. So that's right. Um, but there was a couple things, you know, even just as we were in a series um, at One Life Church and, and talking about generosity and being able to come out of a series of talking about questions. One thing I was thinking about yesterday as I was watching your message, because I attend our West Campus most of the time. Way to go. Yep. And uh, when I was sitting there, so I have to say this, I was like, I'm going to say this on the podcast, and I think it'll make sense for some people, and some people will be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you watched that movie. So when I was in college, I went and watched the movie Eight Mile. Eminem. Eight Mile. I've yeah. not seen it. Well, it's probably not something you'd enjoy. <laughs> um, but I remember going to see it in the theater when I was in college. But anyway, so at the very end, this is a spoiler for anyone, but this movie is like 20 years old now. So yeah, you've had your um, chance. Yeah, yeah, you've had your chance. There's this, at the end, like he goes for this final rap battle and they're like, what are you going to do? Because this guy's going to come out and say all these things about you, like all these bad things. And he's like, he sits there and then he goes and he does his his rap battle because he goes first and he basically says all the worst things about himself. He's like, all right, now go tell these people something they don't know about me. And I was like, <laughs> I feel like that's what you did at the beginning of the message yesterday, um, talking about generosity in the church of like, okay, these are all the things that people have said and not only said, but have done churches, people of faith or claiming to be oh, of faith okay. have done. And I thought that was a really good way to come up with the conversation because we can say, yeah, we know bad things have happened, but you actually gave specific examples. And I think that really relates to people and gives them a good place. Oh, to good. Yeah. From, so. I, I mean, because that's where it, you know, we all have our suspicions, but when your suspicions get confirmed, <laughs> that could be a little rough. And it marks you. I mean, the the Jimmy Tammy Baker thing, you know, I'm yeah. aging myself, obviously, but that it was happening when I was in the middle of my college career. And uh, and I was at a Christian university that had an evangelist that had a television show as well yeah. at Oral Roberts. And so we were really in the crossfire of that. And the Jimmy Swaggart thing was going on, for those who may remember that, or you could look it up. Uh, and those are referenced in that movie, uh, 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 
the eyes of Tammy Faye. And so uh, all those things are there and present. And I was living in the middle of that, and it marked me pretty significantly uh, because one of the struggles that the college students had in my own university was the tension between just the university and being college students and the television show that we all knew existed, and there was this yeah. national eyes on us and everything. So you, you talked about those things all the time. As a college student, we'd all sit around and give our speculations and get upset about things and all that sort of stuff. I haven't seen that series, and I know it's probably you know, dramatize a little bit, but, um, somebody I was sitting next to said, you know, what's really sad about that is that she really just wanted to reach people. And yeah. there's this whole side that, you know, she's kind of lumped into the whole you know, drama. Yeah. It, it sympathizes with her a lot more because first of all, I don't think she wasn't formally prosecuted the way he was for one thing. He was on the board. He was legally, uh, and, and then it, it does, there's been a lot more shed light shed on her life and her perspective and all that. She yeah. grew up very, very poor. And they said, that's one of the reasons, because the thing that was always hard in the day was that, you know, she was very kind of over the top, mm-hmm. quite honestly. But they at least explain the over the top thing where you get a little bit more of a compassion thing because she came from a very, very difficult background. And so all the nice things and the glittery things and all that sort of stuff was more meaningful to her or whatever else. Yeah. But at the time, it was it was just kind of confirmed, okay, I thought they were in it for the money. And it turns out they are. Yeah. So, um, and people remember that kind of stuff. They and do. we do have, uh, you know, modern examples as well. Um, different podcasts that have come out and things That's like true. that. So. That's true. That's true, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's plenty of examples. Yeah, and anyway, that's a, a conversation that's been happening yeah. at um, you know at our church and being right. able to talk about that as a church. And some of that conversation is going to feel very insider language if you're not part of you know consider yourself part of one life church. But I think there's a lot of things to learn in that for anybody yeah. who's processing like just the idea. I will love that you said at the end like you know greed is something because you don't really notice it. Like it's not something you can say like oh yeah I'm, I'm greedy. Like it's not one of those things where it's like you know when you're doing it sometimes. Yeah exactly. Yeah I know if I tell a fib yeah. or I know that if I lose my temper but it's very hard to say okay I was greedy just then. Yeah. I mean if you're really hyper aware you can maybe gauge it but it is very hard to detect in yourself because we have you know my luxuries that I give myself I earned them. You know, mm-hmm. I, there, I have a good reason why I did that, yeah. you know, whether it was a nice vacation. But someone who doesn't have my resources might look at my vacation that I feel completely justified to do as, wow, you know, that seems pretty elaborate. Why don't you do something after that money? Right. So it's very hard to even gauge off other people's lives. And I have to be careful that I don't think that about others. You went where? You went to Hawaii? You know, that yeah. kind of stuff. So, uh, and I don't know what to do with that exactly, but uh, it's good to know it and be hi- have your awareness heightened. For sure. To think about it. Yeah. It was a good conversation. I'm looking forward yeah. to the rest it of the is, series. Yeah. So, um, and I love that we had a story at the end, which was, I was cackling i was laughing so much oh yeah jeremy and joy seacrest <laughs> which i just love them anyway but yeah. what's well, not to love sharing. plus we're also we think we're going to brand the whole cheap meat <laughs> thing and put it on a t-shirt and we we could make that run that would be fantastic yeah. so right now you're probably like what does that mean well you're gonna have to go you're listen gonna have to, to the go message. watch it you can go find our youtube channel you. that's yeah. right <laughs> search for one life church you can find uh, i think it's part two of the yes, excel series two, so yeah, yeah. Uh, check that out but yeah. um we wanted to spend some of this time i know that we have some questions from kickstart we've get to some of those and talk about those but also as we're sitting here um i was just thinking it might be a good day to kind of just have brett share a little bit of some of the things going on with him he shared some of them um from the stage on a, in a message one time talking about that you were diagnosed with prostate cancer and um, yep. been going through a whole process with that but i think the podcast has always been a place where we kind of just i don't know 
dive a little deeper into conversations and yeah. be able to chat about it and just wanted to one also as your friend see how you're doing <laughs> um, well, I appreciate that very much but also just kind of share a little bit like what that journey has been like because I think even some of the questions you read a few of them to me may be able to relate to, to some of the things that you know you're going through and how you'd respond to some of those yeah it, it's when well, life gets a little more real I, I the thing that I'm thankful about the whole journey is that I, I have walked with people through these kinds of things throughout the years. Uh, there was a day, I remember, gosh, it was probably 20 years ago, uh, one guy that was a fairly good friend of mine, another guy that I at least knew pretty well from church, both died in the same year, and they were one was early 40s, the other was early 30s mm. of cancer. And then there were other people in my life that same era who I, I kept hearing that word everywhere. And I remember thinking, because I, I can remember being in the lobby at uh, St. Mary's Hospital and thinking to myself, well, right now I'm just waiting for my turn. This is such a common thing. Wow. Uh, it just felt that way. And, yeah. and so little did I know that was being prophetic. I mean, again, that was probably 20 years ago. And so in, in some ways it's been healthy to go down that road and kind of see what people have gone through and what they experience. And some of it's it's not deathly serious you know or any of that sort of stuff it's just kind of interesting or strange because i've never i've never had you know you've gone through the whole health battle thing you've spent most of the first part of your life yeah. with those kind of things but i never did at all i mean i had a tonsillectomy when i was 18 but pretty much i've had a clean bill of health ever since then so i've never had the mris and the in the scans and the all the stuff and so i'm now i'm having all the stuff and it's just a fascinating deal. Like, oh, and, and it, I can tell it's arousing my compassion more because I thought, wow, these. when I was praying for people to go into this, now I know I have a lot better in-depth understanding of it. Yeah. And ironically, I have to cough right now. <laughs> no, I think that makes sense. I mean, to be able to say that the things as as people who are in church leadership, whether you're a pastor or whether you're just somebody who cares for other people, um, in general in church, you know, or just in life. I mean, I think anyone can relate to that, that there are things that you say, you know, we had, I remember we had Carolyn Edwards on our podcast talking about things that people say and like what's yeah. really helpful in grief and grieving um, people who are in the midst of grief. And it's like some of the things you've probably said are not bad at all, but oh, it's yeah, like right. if people say them to you now, do you think of them differently or like, is it a whole different experience? Like knowing, I don't know. Is that well? Yeah, yeah. You, you, no one has said anything to me really bad, and I'm not going through like that. Happens a lot in grief, I think, more than this. But you do kind of have a little more of a sensitivity to maybe some of the cliches we thrown around. But now, my own experience, and maybe it's because we have a great church or whatever. I I don't know. I haven't had anything. I I can't think of anything that's been said to me that seemed a little off base or off putting or a little strange or any of that stuff. Uh, I know those cliches are out there, but. Uh, personal things have not been said to me that are um, that are at all that way. As a matter of fact, what I have learned, it's been kind of reaffirmed for me, mm-hmm. is that if you do wonder what to say, there's really not a what to say. It's just that you're saying something. Yeah. It's just, it, it's super nice when people like throw you a text and say, hey, I, I remembered you were going uh, to do your deal today. And I just want you to know I'm thinking about you and praying for you. Thank you. That's really, really cool. Right. It, it does a lot more. It has a lot more of an impact than you would think it does. Or it, and, and just saying you're praying for somebody or, hey, I was thinking about you. Because I know. I mean, all of us have crowded minds with our 
caught up in our own lives and we've got our own share of problems. My, my little saying I've come up with as a pastor is everybody's got a cousin. And so what that means is that <laughs> every single person has this extension on their lives that they are, I'm affected by my cousins. I was close to my cousins growing up and, but they all have, I've got dozens of, of, you know, extended family members and stuff that their lives, at least if they go through something, it affects me and I'm thinking about it. And well, that's true. Not only of me, but of most people. And so to, for, for me, and what I'm going through to enter your head <laughs> enough to where you'll stop and send a text or something. Right. That's like, Oh wow, that's very cool. Thank you very much. That's, that means a lot. So never hesitate. Uh, I guess is the moral of that story. Just uh, if you're thinking about it, you're praying and somebody comes to your mind, just, you know, take the 30 seconds that it takes and say, Hey, you know, I was just thinking of you. So yeah, it's been very helpful. Okay. Yeah. Well, good. Well, and you came in you said, Hey, I got an idea. I did. You did. I got an idea. Let's like, talk, let's about, talk about that a little bit yeah, because yeah. I think it's important. One, you know, like, and, and I made a joke on social media. I don't know if you saw it. You probably saw uh, maybe it. Maybe. I don't know. I don't Where think you did. posted uh, a picture on your own Facebook page about your sermon prep. And I was like, someone's teaching you how to use oh, yeah. social media. <laughs> the, okay. That, yes, I do remember that. Because one. I, one thing we've always talked about when I was on staff here, and I'm, I, again, I'm still part of our church. And my, um, I just, the, what, the way I, the way I take part in our church looks different than it used to, but right. I was our communications director for six years. And one of the things we had talked about really in the last couple of years is the way that we see, uh, especially pastors, lead pastors, teaching pastors, when they're sharing things is I think people just want to see what normal life looks for them. Right. And I think that um, you've been doing that on social media in just simple ways. And I think that helps people even relate a little bit more um, to the things that then you teach on a Sunday morning as well. But like, Sharing something like this, I think, is important for people to know. It's like, yeah, this is real life. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. It's, there it's, are it's, things beyond. So, like, even today, in our office, someone replied, a, left a YouTube comment, and it was kind of negative on one of our videos. And I was like, people don't realize that we're going to spend the next half hour to hour trying to figure out the best way to respond to this. <laughs> <laughs> and it's yeah, like, unfortunately, I, true. Yeah, we don't humanize those things. People reply right. to things like that, and I think as people learn more about you know, who you are and the things that you've experienced. And I think when there is a question or something they want to talk about, it helps them relate a little bit better. So yeah, I, I think you're right. And I, and I appreciate the idea because it, um, and, and that was true. They, because Jimmy has been on the, on the, on the podcast before, you know, I always ask, cause he's young, he's a digital native is what you call him. You know, he's young enough to have never known a world without internet and social media. And so I said, well, if you were in my shoes, what would you do? What would you he said, well, I'd let people peek into my life. You yeah. know, people want to see, you know, I don't know necessarily why they want to see that, but I have noticed that, um, you know, if I show a, a picture of a grandkid or, or just a, a thing in my day or the, the, the sermon mm-hmm. prep thing, cause I thought it looked kind of funny after I was done yeah. with that. I thought, well, but that's what I do nearly every time. So <laughs> why not? This might be interesting to people, why but not? it was, I mean, it was, I got a lot of reactions. So I thought, okay, well that's, it makes sense. So since then I just said, okay, I'll just let people peek into my life. After a while, it may get pretty boring. Cause it's, I, I'm, you know, it's not like I'm going, you know, surfing every day or anything. <laughs> uh, it's not anything like that, but uh, but, and I will, like, I'm a peek into my life now. You, you came up with the idea of, you know, saying what's going on with me. Like, we had to schedule this, and you took time off from work. But I said, can we back it up a little bit to record? Because mm-hmm. I have to catch a flight, literally, from getting out of this chair and going to my car, my suitcase is in my office, and I'm going to go straight to the airport. And I'm going down to Houston to do the things that they've asked me to do. My, my surgery's coming up and they were going to do some pre-op thing, which I don't even know what it is, but I have a feeling it's not going to be pleasant. I don't know, but 
Because every time they they give, they give you these long surveys, I've yeah. learned that, and they ask you a bunch of questions you don't want to answer. Like, is this really relevant? And is it in your business? Is what yeah. I want to know. Yeah. I guess, yeah, it's just like, okay, but I'm going to go through a battery of those things down in Houston, and I'll be back tomorrow. And so that's a little glimpse. Wow. Uh, yeah, I'm going to fly. I'll, go, I'll be in Atlanta Airport tonight, and then I'll end up in Houston about 11 o'clock tonight and get a hotel room and get in my car and go to the doctor's appointment and then come home. <laughs> Are you teaching this week? Uh, I am. Yeah. Yeah. Oh now, now the upside to that is I can at least sit on an airplane yeah. and, and think and study and kind of plan and, you know, write emails or whatever else I need and to I do. And I feel like pastors always get like really good, like illustrations from riding on an airplane, like something they see, someone they interact with. Like well, yeah, airport. that's true. That's true. Yeah. You'll notice stand up comedians do a lot of stuff about yeah. airport because they travel so much. And so, oh yeah. So I do expect to get that because it is kind of a walking if you're going to be, the way I look at it is if you're going to have to go through all this, you might as well come up with some story because yeah. there's going to be one. Yeah. Uh, like a very cool thing that happened to me the first time I went down there several weeks ago. Um, I went down to see the surgeon who's, uh, who's going to be taking care of me. And, and, um, and I told a whole story in my, in a sermon about why I'm even going to Houston and all that, if you want to listen to that. But, um, but I it was late at night. I was going the, I was on the shuttle to go get my rent a car and, the lady uh, that was driving the shuttle was just me and her, and I got to chatting with her, and she's uh, she found out she's a gospel singer and, oh, wow. and, and at her church, and and, uh, and she even tours around a little bit, and she was real fiery and everything, and and she said, well, what brings you to Houston? Because I said I've never been here before, which I hadn't. She said, what brings you to Houston? I said, well, I'm actually doing some medical stuff. Oh, she said, a lot of people come down, and because they do, and uh, and we got to talk about that. But she ended up saying, hey, I, you know, I told her my story, and she was going to pray for me, and she was praised Jesus, and all this kind of stuff there yeah. in the middle of the night in a shuttle at the. You know, at the Dallas airport or awesome. the Houston airport. Yeah, it's and it was helpful to me because it was one of those because she was she was bright and bubbly and just, you know, very encouraging and faith filled. And when she told me she was going to pray for me, I had zero questions she was going to. I knew yeah. that. And I was like, Lord, well, thank you. That was just a really neat thing on my ride to get my car. And, and little th- stuff like that happens all the time if you pay attention, you know. That's the stuff so, that makes being a part of a community, you know, faith yeah, community, absolutely. whether it's local, but then you realize that this community is much larger, you know, here, you know, yeah. at my job, we think about church of the city, you know, being yeah. able to think of, and that's something that one life's been a part of for a long time. It's not like a new yeah. concept or anything, but, and then thinking of now you're in a whole nother state and, you know, yeah. someone relating to you and saying, I understand, you know, that we're going through this together. Let me pray for you. Like, That's exactly right. Cool. I mean, there was an instant connection over those things. I've discovered that many times. I did a lot of travel internationally years ago, and I've had that experience over and over and over again because people in other countries on the other side of the world, um, you you start talking about Jesus, and you know, the, there's this instant connection. It really is a brother-sister thing that happens That's that has another dimension to it besides just we just have something in common. It takes you to a much deeper level really, really fast. And that's very cool. And that is the thing you learn when you are coping with something like this. You, the body of Christ becomes even more relevant than ever was before. Because that's his, I'm I'm always convinced that's his number one way he likes to reach out to us, encourage us. Great. Brad, thanks for sharing. Thanks for talking a little bit about that. Well, thanks for asking and having the idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So we've got a few minutes if you want to we can go through maybe a couple of the kickstart questions and kind of wrap up. Yeah. And, and what these are is we, uh, in, in the, what kickstart is, is it takes us through, it takes through our mission and our values and we have 12 values. And one of the values is we believe you can bring your brain to church. Um, because the uh, Christian faith is intellectually beautiful and defensible. And at the end of that as an action step, we say, okay, so 
what's rattling around your brain? What, what kind of questions do you have? And and a lot of times these questions aren't necessarily, you know, uh, can God make a rock so big he can't pick it up and all that sort of stuff. Like we talk about, it's it's things that um, I, I'll, I'll read just a couple of them. And we had several, but we'll just do a couple. Um, one was burial or cremation. What is biblical and does it matter? Wow. Uh, you know, I mean, it's, yeah. it's not a questioning whether God exists or not. It's kind of like, okay. This is actually, it's becoming more relevant, and I've noticed that because I do funerals, mm-hmm. uh, uh, officiate funerals, that it's a cost issue in a lot of people's lives. It's happening increasingly because a funeral is an extraordinarily expensive enterprise. Right. It really is. And if you don't have insurance and things like that, uh, it's, it's a very appealing option. But on the other hand, uh, the tradition in the West has been, that's not something you do. And so, um, what, what's your reaction to that? Should, what's your answer? I think, <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know if I have an answer. And we always yeah, qualify well, yeah. these conversations with, hey, we're just going to share some ideas and thoughts that we right. have. I don't know if we're not saying they're the right answer, but we might have some backing, you know, that we have either studied or someone has said that really makes a lot of sense. Right. Um, but for me, I remember actually that question coming up when I was a kid. Um, and my dad, my, so my dad is Catholic and always attended Catholic church. And I feel like that's where I heard of it more than other places. And I don't know why, maybe I'm totally wrong on that. Um, I'm not sure if that's something that was just in that situation or in that, um, environment. But I remember people asking about that because they were concerned that, well, do they go to heaven? Like, were they going to go right. to the, on to the next place, wherever they, people think that is, if their body is burned? Um, and I always thought to me, I was like, that seems really weird because like, I always think of the idea of like when you know, the, the body is just a, basically like a holding place until we we're with Jesus, you know, until we we're with right. God. And so like, it doesn't matter to me what happens to it after I leave it, you know, or after my soul is gone or, you know, whatever, um, instance you, you know, you're thinking or believing in souls or whatever that means to you. But I think. So that always felt really weird for me to think about. So I was then I started thinking about where did that come from? You know, like why did people think that, that was an issue? And I'm sure there's some, you know, if Braxton was here, he'd probably tell us like Yeah. A bunch of historical information about where that actually well, came from. I'm gonna from. tell you a little bit of that. Yeah, I can't wait. So um, <laughs> I can't wait. But no, because I think that stuff is edges of her seat. No, I think it's stuff's interesting because I do right. think that in one of the things Braxton said in part I think it was in part two of our conversation when we were talking about um, you know, people um, I think one of the questions someone had asked is like, if people commit suicide, you know, what happens yes. to them? Yeah. And I think I asked him where that came from. And, and he said, you know, he's like, I honestly, I think it was pastors trying to keep people from taking their own life. And so they started telling people these things to almost like control a little bit. And it's like, I wonder if there's a similar thing that has come up where they've yeah. told people like, don't burn bodies or maybe just really think that. Well, you know, it's, it's, I don't know where the practice came in other than it is something that's, uh, it's increasing because of the cost saving and yeah. the land saving and all that. Where burial came from, though, because I, I think the Romans actually did a lot of cremation, but burial came from, it was a Christian practice, and the reason was because it was a mirror of Jesus' burial. Mm. It was like they started doing tombs, and, and so people wanted to be buried the way Jesus was buried. And so it became a, an early Christian practice um, to to have your body at least somewhat preserved after death. So because we're told that in the same way that Jesus was resurrected, we'll be resurrected. So we will have a bodily resurrection. So they were kind of trying to mimic that. And so, and then the the burning and reducing you to ashes seems like a counter to that almost. It's like sure. the theological thing is like, okay, well, 
But then, and, and some people might even think, well, it seems like, can you still be resurrected if you're literally ashes? I mean, well, you start playing games like that. Well, obviously, if your body is stuck in the ground for several thousand years, you might as well have burned it because it's going to be gone anyway. So, yeah. uh, but God is able to resurrect all these things. And uh, I'd highly recommend just a full reading of First Corinthians chapter 15, uh, chapter 15, all the way through in his flow of thought and how he talks about how your body's like a seed in the ground. And what's actually, you're going to be resurrected to look more like the plant that comes out of the ground, which is a whole weird analogy and metaphor. But that is where it came from. It was, it was like Jesus was bodily resurrected, which we will be, but he was also buried bodily. And so early Christians just thought, okay, that's what we ought to do then. It was yeah. just kind of after him. Uh, but I don't, the question is, is it biblical? It's not anti-biblical in any other thing that I can see. Now, I will admit, um, my last wishes will not be be cremated because that just it kind of creeps me out just yeah. a little more than the whole thing creeps me out a lot. But mm-hmm. uh, but somehow being in a box, I can relate to a little more than yeah than the other. Being so. in a box that's on fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to think of a way to put that. Yeah, yeah exactly. So that kind of weirds me out a little bit. But that's that's a personal thing, and sure. uh, because. Uh, my my wife told me that she said, uh, I want you to have me cremated and put my ashes on your nightstand. <laughs> so I'll just kind of always this be is, there. <laughs> so there's a part of some people that are like, I want to be with you still. Yeah, that's right. I could figure out a way to be with you. So. Interesting. But as okay. far as a biblical thing goes. Here was another one that's uh, I think is uh, a good one to take us kind of t- through to the end. And that's uh, why is the church ignored mental illness? It is a growing concern for mental health. The brain is a physical organ, they say, quote. Uh, it cannot be always be spiritualized uh, away or ignored. Um, so, and first of all, I would wholeheartedly agree um, that, uh, yes, the brain is a physical organ. And the first question was, why is the church ignored mental illness? Um, it's probably a little bit broad. Um, I think that... Not all churches have ignored mental illness, but the church by and large probably was slower to really look at the mental illness factors right. than maybe just the the secular world, as it were. And the reason is, is because there's such an intertwining quality to it between uh, my mental health, my spiritual life, my emotional life. It all flows together so much. It's a little hard to divide out, quite honestly. And I think that's why there was always a resistance there, because if I'm... Uh, you know, if I'm kind of heading off a road that, uh, and I'm committing sin, or I'm just not living the life that God has called me to, and I have a resultant depression or struggles emotionally or otherwise, we always have considered that part of the package. Well, mm-hmm. that's that's kind of the price that you're paying, and all those sorts of things, and that corresponds to reality somewhat. I mean, I did that when I used to not do any of the things I was supposed to do. I'd run into really, really deep and hard mental issues. But on the other hand, just the whole package of mental health kind of stuff is not quite that simple and that cut and dry. And I think we're discovering that more and more. Yeah. And, and as you said, those, you know, there's these, this whole person mentality really is what I think that we are seeing more as we, as people continue to learn about ourselves and continue to learn about, um, actions and reactions and interactions and trauma and, our brains and our bodies. And these are things that I I believe that the church can find ways to help people walk through. And it's not in a spiritual way of being not in an over spiritualized way in the sense of saying, we'll just pray more that I think like one thing that we did here at one life, we did a whole series um, talking about um, 
really just kind of the, the common chaos of things in our lives. And one of those was mental illness and mental health. And we believe that those are things that um, not only is are there amazing professionals that you can talk to and, you know, I'll open up and say that I have seen been seeing a, a counselor for three years now and it's changed my life. I mean, it was something that I needed personally to right. go through to be able to um, continue to, I think, just allow myself to not take over some of these thoughts or even that could even become idols and not allow me to fully experience God. And I think that we think about whole gospel, whole person. We think about that that encompasses that, that mental health should be encompassing those things as well. When we think about the ability to give everything to God, there are things that we need to be able to walk through with other people. Sometimes that's with people you know and love and care for, that you trust. Maybe that's just a family member or a spouse or uh, a parent, or maybe sometimes there is someone that you want to talk to more professionally. And I think that we we gave a lot of great resources during that series. And I was so grateful to be in a space where we were talking about that. Cause I think it's important yeah. for people to be able to hear that in a church setting, because I don't know why. Cause I always say, uh, I've said this on the podcast a lot. I'm like when I was growing up, like we didn't, <laughs> but it's like, I don't think anyone ever told me that we couldn't do that, but it just felt like you couldn't talk about it. And I don't think right. that was necessarily church. I think that was just society more than anything saying like, you can't talk about those things because that makes you different or that makes you, um, I don't know, just in a space where you can't be that you have to be all these other things or people will look at us or different. Um, and so it's interesting to think about that now where it's like, it's almost a space where like it's encouraged because we want people to feel like they can be safe and find the best space for them to continually grow healthily, healthily. Uh, that's a weird word to say. It is. Yes. But yeah, so I think that I don't, I, I want to say to the person who asked that question that, you know, I'm sorry honestly, that the church or an experience of faith or church that you've been a part of has ignored that in your mind. And I'm not saying that they did. Maybe you just didn't see how they would respond to it. But I don't think the church does. I really don't. And I think there are spaces that probably they have, or maybe we see um, really sensationalized people sharing things on social media that make it look like that's the church. And I don't think that represents what I would believe we would say here to people. Yeah. And it, and it shouldn't. And the reason that I felt okay, and I I've battled with this off and on through the years and, but the primary reason I kind of land on the side of, and I quote scientific stuff from sermons quite a bit. And the reason I do is because the Bible is very clear and Christian orthodoxy has always said that God is the creator of literally all things, all things. And in Colossians chapter one uh, is one of my favorite passages in all the, uh, all the Bible we taught on it. And, and uh, it's called the Christ hymn. And, and it says all things come from him and they hold together through him. And, and well, all things means your nervous system. It means your brain. It means yeah. your kidneys. It means uh, the trees. It means literally all things. He's the creator of the physical. And what happens is if you use the term spiritual too much, it can start being separated so much from your physical issues that if you start having physical issues, people think they they don't relate the two. It's like an all or nothing thing. And what's happened between the so-called secular world and the Christian world is sometimes in the secular world, it doesn't account for the spiritual at all. I mean, it's, it's not thinking spiritual. It can be over-medicated. It can be overreactive, and just blame all of your issues on physical problems. Well, that's only part of the story. Whereas sometimes in some church traditions, everything can be kind of blamed on the spiritual, what we name as the spiritual. Whereas the Bible, it goes back to the resurrection thing. We're, we're physical beings, and we're going to be resurrected as physical beings. So you have a physical brain. You have a physical body. All of us know 
that you can eat something that affects you, what feels like spiritual. <laughs> I mean, you can, yeah. you know, if you eat too much ice cream, you can kind of walk away feeling like, and, yeah. and you feel kind of yucky emotionally even, but that's a reaction. You're, the chemicals inside your bloodstream and you can have a sugar crash and you can do all these things. Uh, you know, one pastor of mine used to say that his, he called his mom one time from college. I think Satan's really after me. You know, I think Satan's really after me and all this kind of stuff. She said, Son, I think you just need to take a nap. And he did, and he felt the world's better. I mean, yeah. it was because sometimes that's what's going on. And, and, and the Bible itself does the interplay between those things very, very, very well. But sometimes we don't allow ourselves to because we use those labels of spirituals over here and physicals over there. And the brain is a physical organ. It truly is. Yeah. But it's not the whole picture. But neither is the so-called spiritual either. They're both together. And so uh, going back to my physical problems, I mean, I – you know, this thing remains in me. They don't do something about it. It will affect me emotionally. It will affect me mentally. Uh, there are there are dangers that I could enter into a big depression if certain things don't happen a certain way or if I have a reaction to certain medications and all those kinds of things. So uh, I, I think it's good to be aware of it, and that's why I love to have one theologian said that I, I really like. He said, true and great theology and true and great science will ultimately never disagree with one another because they were both created by God. I mean, they both are reflections of his truth. Mm-hmm. And uh, now, true and great is the key, though. And, and we can, you can Debate get really, that, yeah. really, yeah, you can get really, really bad science and you yeah. can get really bad biblical interpretation. But if you get the truth from both, you will, um, that's where the truth lies. So let me ask you a question because okay. I was thinking about this as you were talking about it. Is so I worked in students for about 11 years working with students. And was it that long, really? Yeah. Wow, so you put so you know some stuff. I did some time before okay, yeah. I was at one line, yeah. Was, yeah, 11 years, yeah, it was a long time. And uh, interacted with a lot of students going through real things. Um, mm-hmm. and I look back now and I think I have a few regrets, but I don't know if it's necessarily regrets in the way that I responded, but I think regrets in the way that I didn't that I always had this idea that I had to have the answer. That I had to have the right thing for them to hear instead of being able to help them see like, hey, maybe there is, you know, a space for you to talk to someone a little bit differently than myself to get a few more answers, whether that's with, you know, someone professional or maybe just, I mean, obviously if anyone is harming themselves or harming someone else, we always make sure that like that's just one thing in student ministry you always focus on. But I look back at those now and I think that some of the answers that maybe I would have given a student then are very different than what I would say now. And I think that's just learning, right? I mean, well, we sure, all grow. Yeah, yeah. But I guess my question for you is like, do you have any of those that you can think back on and think, man, I might've just been like told someone like, we just need to pray more. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. I've never done that in my entire professional how do you, life. How do you cope with that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, probably the same way you do. It's just a different, you, you chalk it up to growth and you, um, I know that that I always all I can ever go off of is is try to be as truthful as I knew how for mm-hmm. the truth that I I did know at the time, and and if it was a miss, it probably was a miss, and you know all you can do is go, gosh, I hope that they recovered <laughs> from sure. from my bad advice or or whatever else, and I like to think I never gave in a pastoral context, because I really did try to kind of just move them towards the scriptures. And and I was coached by other pastors too, that you kind of have to know your limits. And I knew that pretty early on that I was recommended that you can take people to a certain point biblically and otherwise, but always add on that addendum of listen, 
this is a significant enough problem where you probably ought to seek more specific kind of professional help. And so I was trained to do that pretty early. So I like to think I don't have a bunch of those in my past because I always put that caveat in there. Like, yeah. hey, I can give you like like a one example, like a marriage that's really, really tangled up. Okay, what I'm going to do, I don't, first of all, I learned real early, I used to not tell people I was a professional counselor because I'm not. Right. It's not my area of expertise. So I'd say, that's, you need to know that. And I'm going to give you what I think from scripture and experience. But to untangle this thing you guys are going through, you really need to go to someone who specializes in these kinds of things. And so, but I credit my mentors for that, that that was a a line that they kind of helped me. So um, I don't, not that I don't have those kinds of things back there, but I know that I put an asterisk by a lot of my advice (laughs) (laughs) pretty early going back, you know, which was helpful. That was not part of the question, but it just, my brain kind of went there and I was like, maybe other people are thinking those things too. And, or maybe you're a person who, you know, felt like you came to someone in a church and got really advice that you felt like maybe was more harmful than helpful. And, mm-hmm. um, and that can happen. And I don't think those, absolutely are inten- can. Sure. I don't think those are intentional by any means. I'm not putting blame on, right. you know, the, the church as a whole, but I think that there are opportunities for us to be like, you know what, I don't know how to cope through that with you or cope through that for you or with you, but I want to walk with you and help yeah. you find a space where we can do that together. So it is real funny how you, when you're, but I think this is kind of human nature. When you're younger, you think you know more. <laughs> you think you can fix it. So, yeah, you think you can fix it. And then the older I get, I'm thinking, mm, I probably can't fix this. But I think if you get the right kind of help, it can be fixed. And mm-hmm. so I, I have my little place in this thing, but I rely a lot more on the larger body and the larger you know, resources that are out there. And that's yeah. typically... Because uh, I also have realized that if someone shows up in my office, it's usually kind of a last step on a journey. <laughs> you know, I'm not I'm not the first step. Yeah. Uh, for and that's kind of sobering. Sometimes. That's a good point too. Yeah. It's uh, they won't show up at me unless things are really bad. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question. Somebody yeah. asked that. Great yeah, it really question is. There. So so yeah. So we've right. got some others, and we'll 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 take care of those and as we travel on. Well, this is a fun conversation. It was. Thanks fun for the idea. It was. Yeah, it was great to hang out and and improvise. It's good. You gotta catch a flight though. Things. I do have to catch a flight. <laughs> so. I don't even know what time it is right now, but I'll I'll make it. It'll be fine. Um, well, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the One Life Podcast. Again, as always, you can contact us um, at podcast at onelifechurch.org. I did check; it still comes to me. So oh, it does. Yeah, okay, still All have right, access great. to good, that. Good. Uh, haven't taken that away yet. So, um, but yeah, thank you so much for being a part of these conversations. We always want to just be a space where people can have conversations, and um, we want to explore some of those topics in, in ways that hopefully help you understand and help us understand who we are and who God is and how we can love Him more. So, thank you so much for being a part, Brett. Enjoy your mini trip. (laughs) I hope it's okay. Your pre-op, whatever they're going to do, trip. All right. Thank you. I will. Thank you. Thanks, guys. See you next time.